Okay. Yeah. You don't talk at the start. Thanks. I haven't thought about your intro yet. <laughs> I'll come with it. I'll come <laughs> up with it. Okay, guys. Thank you for joining us. This is the very first episode of Site to Studio. Super excited to be here. Been thinking about this for a very long time. Won't talk about why we're doing it because there will only be 20 people listening to the first episode <laughs> anyway. Hey, don't talk. No noise yet. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce our very first guest. He is, uh, first of all, my landlord. Uh, this is, uh, these are his ends, uh, a space which I'm renting. He is an architectural builder. He is a very good architectural builder. He was master builder of the year at 29 years old, just a few years ago. He is the very talented David Tankovich of Imperial Builders. Thank you, Charlie. Hi, David. How are you? Good. Are you doing well today? I've seen you about 17 times today, but <laughs> it's okay. Does it annoy you that I go into your office a lot? I've asked you to use your own entrance, which you've failed to do thus far. The entrance is broken. Okay. We should fix that then. We should fix the lock. Now, this is pretty... It's pretty... Uh, I never thought... Uh, in my years as a builder, I'd be a part of a podcast. You're not but a part of this podcast. It's well, my podcast. You're so just a guest on the show. I thought we were doing this together. I asked you many times that we should do it together, but you don't want to be a part of it. Well, let's see how this one goes. How's your day been? Um, Fridays are good. Fires don't happen on Friday? F Fridays are good. Okay. It is good. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So this podcast is called Site to Studio. Mm -hmm. Were you on site today? Yes. Where were you? Um, Cremorne in Rich oh, Cremorne, Richmond. What were you building there? Uh, we're doing six townhouses, high-end townhouses in Cremorne. So um, after a few little complications, we've got some good momentum. So I'm um, watching um, the three lift shaft steel structures going up today. Lifts. Lifts. Do you like lifts in your um, oh, apart from the from the costs and the lead times, um, they're pretty relatively straightforward. Yeah, cool. They're not too bad. Yeah. So a big focus on this show is um, for me is I don't want to make it too formal, informative, dry. Um, dry. We want to learn about you because you're interesting. Am I? I haven't asked you any of these questions. <laughs> tell, us, um, day. tell us about um, where'd you grow up? How was your childhood? Um, How was the come up? The what? The come up. The come up. Um, uh, childhood was um, fun, adventurous, um, always surrounded by um, most of the people in my life who made things, so to speak. Mm. Um, uh, my grandfather was a carpenter, joiner, furniture maker, mm -hmm. all around Croatian guru. Mm -hmm. Um, my father is, um, he was a fitter and turner by trade. Mm -hmm. So metal, steel work, yep. machinery, worked at one company for almost 40 years, loyal, hardworking, um, and from a, from a young age, we were doing things. We were always doing things at our house or whatever. Um, chopping down trees, pulling cars apart, building things. Trying not to get ourselves injured. Mm -hmm. um, pulling pulling engines out of cars, etc., etc. So always hands-on. used to love going to the tip for some reason. Which one did you go to? I reckon it was in Clayton somewhere. Clayton, it yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I used to I, for some reason, I used to love it. I used to love it. You know, it's when, back in the day when kids could jump out of cars and help, like, just wander around and do, do things. Kids can't jump out the car and help at tips anymore? Uh -uh. Really? Those days are gone. <laughs> so there's a health and safety officer? Cor correct. In yep. case your kids fall in correct. and they drive over them? Correct, yep. Mm. And funnily enough, because my uh, father is a... He likes to procure items. Um, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm -hmm. Is a good uh, 
good sort of uh, undertone to how he exists, who'd always seem to come back from the tip with stuff. Ah. Right. So where'd you go to school? I went to St. Kevin's. Oh, oh, you're one of them. Yeah. How was that? Awesome. Awesome. Yep. You still in touch with many of your friends? Absolutely. From high school? Absolutely. And so and some 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 of the subcontractors are um, one in particular is an old boy of St. Kevin's. Right. Who who has an office up the road or a showroom up the road as well. So you always pay him on time? Um, he always wants a hefty deposit, yeah. Okay. Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, yeah. So what were the influences in your life that really led you to becoming a builder? How did that all happen? Um, stumbled across it really because when you go to like a school like we did back in that time, like a trade or, a you know, being, you know, it was more a university degree in construction management or, you know, that the university... Well, keep it close. I, it's like in my face. You're wobbling. You're wo- sorry, I'm keep like, going. Sorry. You're always sort of supposed to push to that university degree type. Um, route. Route, yeah. Um, but I know, I was, uh, yeah, I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I'm a, I wasn't um, an academic, so to speak, but I liked going to school. Um, finished school and then started, did a... Uh, did a diploma in building um, and then started working for a builder, sort of labouring and mucking around. Um, and actually, and I didn't think I would enjoy that, the site sort of stuff, but I actually did enjoy it um, and then just took it from there, yeah. So so reasonably, it wasn't like a focused yeah. thing to be a builder. Um, and, you know, back, and the, you know, the game's changed for as long as I've been in it. Mm. Um, um, I remember when we were sort of s- first started Imperial, like a big job was a million dollars. Like that was like, you know. Like in the market? In the market was huge. Like a million dollars, huge. Well, is that well, including GST? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and like that, and then, you know, in in what, for, you know, 12 years. Stop it. In 12 years, um it's yeah. not for me, it's for the audience. You know, a, a medium-sized job is a million dollars plus now. Mm. So um, the scale has changed. Changed, yeah. So you started out labouring after you finished up uni. Yep. I mean, finished up wherever you went, yep. or your diploma. Yeah. And where then from there? Um, started working with the carpenter, Craig, and he's just like, oh, you're pretty reasonably handy. I said, oh, you know, I've been kicking around with tools since I was... The quite, baby, quite young. Yeah. Um, so just started yeah, working with him. And then from carpentry, were you working on the types of projects that you're working on now? Yeah, similar. Yeah, similar in small, in smaller, smaller and larger scales. But yeah, um, always in that, in that sort of. Like when you look back at now, those projects you're working in, sort of early two thousands, were architectural, but not arch- like not architectural as we know it mm. now. Um, but yeah, always sort of high end, yeah, higher endish. So it traces back from the type of work that you're doing, yeah, but along the yeah, same. As I say, but the game has changed, you know, hugely, right? In that, in that, in that time frame. Yeah, I think that's something that we should get into, which is how the game has changed. But let's sort of bring us to now. So how do we go from working labourer, carpenter, to master builder of the year at 29? Which he, he didn't, it, you weren't actually 29. That's just a joke. Don't get mad, everyone. Uh, How do we go from Carpenter to now? Um, so I started um, Imperial with um, a friend of mine at the time, Ben. Um, and we just basically, our first job was like a bathroom renovation in South Yarra. So it was like the nucleus of the first, you know, first job, so to speak. Mm. Um and it just naturally progressed, you know, from there. From there, in um, you know, when you're young, you sort of you're keen to, you know, you you take on what's presented in front of you, yeah, more so than what you know you don't go looking for it. So you know, every opportunity that came along, we're trying to, you know, we're pretty much having a go at. So um, 
yeah, that's sort of how it sort of just kept on building scale. Yeah. And then was there a moment where you got a job or there was a moment in time in the business where you thought, shit, it's really just really ramped up a level here? Um, well, from that, from that, um, that first bathroom renovation, um, it was actually for an architect that was in his house. Um, a, someone in, that in the same street wandered down and said, oh, you know, what, 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 are, you guys, what are you guys doing? So we're just, you know, we're renovating this bathroom. Etc. Etc. He said, oh, "I've got an owner builder renovation I'm about to start in a couple of months up the road. Would you guys be interested in being involved in it?" From you know, um, we said, "Sure, let's you know, we'll come and have a look." Um, so then we basically did. We managed that build for him. Did the carpentry, helped him coordinate trades. Um, you know, and that was sort of six. No, forget the timelines. You know now, but you know it's like six to eight months worth of work, working with him. You know from from demolition to to the final to the final stages. So, um, you know, that was probably the first sort of inkling into the to the holistic build sort of process. Mm. Um, you know it was enjoyable. It was good. It was good fun. Without and you're sort of learning along the way. Without I suppose the risk element of being the builder. Um, but we was, had a really good insight into it, um, and um, enjoyed it, and got you know, and um, sort of that 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 rewarding process started from there. Yeah. So tell us, what is architectural building? What well, makes an architect generally involves an architect. <laughs> <laughs> but the types of projects you work on. The market we call it architectural work. Architects work on. Charlie involves an architect. That's architectural building. That's it. Yep. So it's not defined by the fancy stuff, or the. You know what? Um, What's the question? I think Daniel said it in a way that I've never heard before the other day. Yep. You're probably, co- you're a coordinator. That's what you are. He probably learned it from you. Did he? Yeah. But uh, he said, architectural building is like building a prototype every time for every project it's something that's never been done before never been built before pretty much yeah and well they're all, yeah they're prototypes absolutely yeah materials methodologies that aren't normally used in 98 percent of other projects that are being carried out yep. carried out good call daniel yeah that's it good call yeah <laughs> good call so yeah. well, i mean we've done we've yeah. done you know we've done interesting projects along the way mm-hmm. um we did one in 2012 that was on Grand Designs Australia. Um, and I think at the time you thought it was crazily intense, complicated, mm. um, difficult. Yeah. Um, and always constantly keeping you on your toes, the design to, um, to execute. But actually upon reflection... It wasn't that difficult. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it does but because... But when you're in the moment, you're thinking this is, you know, is this the most difficult thing to build in the world? But then when you get to the end, <laughs> you, you're, you're reflecting, when you're reflecting on it, it's prob- it probably wasn't as bad as what you thought it was. And that's probably been most of the, most of the projects. Well, I definitely feel that way about the types of joinery work that I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I'm so inexperienced, Isn't a lot it of just it's... boxes? It's just white boxes. Just putting, just screwing them together. Just white boxes. Yeah. But no, you you make a great point because you do. Uh, when I interact with you, I do notice that everything is simple. Everything is mm. not as complicated as it needs to be. Yeah. Well, I've taught, I've, I've trained myself to think that way. To just to simplify it, simplify it, simplify it, and it's not that complicated because the I've always said to anyone, the principles of construction don't change. Whether you're building. A cubby house or a complex architectural build? I thought all builds are architectural. No, I'm giving you the parameters here. Yeah. I'm but I'm saying that the principles don't change. Yeah. The basic building principles don't change. Yeah. Just the scale and the complexity of that change. Um, but I've also been, you know, we've also had some amazing people work for us and been... Um, 
you know, both like from a carpentry sense and also from a subcontractor sense, like some really talented people that care and um and want to do produce good work. And that always, you know, is obviously the key the key to, to um executing these these projects and these jobs and these builds well. Yep. Is to have, you know, it's not a it's not a there's no secret in, you know, um the best way to run a business is to have people that are better than you doing the work and so how do you attract those people how do you make it work Some, a lot of it's by chance and just the people you, you come across in your journey but yeah um, um there's a um i'd say a pretty pretty um important mentor um if you can say mentor who used to work for us craig um who was yeah a, an absolute um an amazing carpenter but he wasn't amazing because he was he had a he, like, he just had such a good balance of underst- of understanding what he was building so he understood structures really really well and he, but he un- had a really good understanding of other trades and how they have to interact but he also did it really really efficiently and quickly at, and of a high high quality and standard so and um yeah he taught you know even though he was working for us he taught me a lot of you know, tricks and and skills, um, and and how to really interpret it, interpret the architectural drawings, yeah. Um, to make it to make the build process as easy as possible, yeah. Very good. Um, amongst others, but that's one that stands out. What's he doing now? Um, he's just working all over the place, doing yeah, his carpentry, bits, carpentry bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was the he was the main he was the main sort of on site um, driver at the um, at the Hampton House for Grand Designs. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he was he was in his element there. Are you freezing? I'm cold. <laughs> you told me to turn the heater off. We can't turn the heater on. It's for oh. the audience. Okay. Believe you're Let's warm. Fix that. Oh, it's still on. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first one. It's all right. Um, are we going to talk about you? Why are we going to talk about me? What do you want to know? Um, well, I sort of know. I know about you. But yeah. are, we, are we supposed to be talking about you? No. Why not? Unless there's something you want to know about me that you don't know and you're interested. Well, I think we'll just organically. Um, I'll, I'll, if I think of a question, I'll let you know. Um I posted on Instagram that you're coming on yep. and for people to ask questions. Yep. I asked you to share it and you didn't share it. I asked twice. <laughs> okay. I was busy. Can I look at the questions? No. Shouldn't I, shouldn't I have my own screen as well? No. Isn't that how it works? This is, uh, is this budget? This is budget as. Yep. So we're going to get to some of those questions now. You know, I, I'm going to ask you them. What do you get? Hey, stay. Hey. Social distancing. Okay, first one, Sammy Ibrahimi asks, what are some tips on having client work finished on time? I think what he means is how do you finish work on time? Oh, that's the hardest. That's the hardest thing. That is the hardest thing. It's not the best worded question. Sorry, no. Sammy. But just what what's something that you think people perhaps um, don't focus on that they should in terms of getting things done on time? Builds, let's say. What, from a builder's point of view? Yeah, from, from a, a builder's standpoint, from an architectural building standpoint. You're talking from the, from the, from the, from when you sort of looking at, first start looking at the project? Just how do you finish it on time? It's the, that's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing to do is, is sticking to a program um, on, an, on a particular residential um, construction when it's quite an emotive experience. Well, you're dealing with you know someone's house and probably the most um, biggest purchase, well, biggest purchase and investment mm. you know, in their lives. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure, um, even if there is you know good architects involved. There's a lot of sort of pressure um, from from those clients because um, everyone knows when they're doing a renovation or building a new house, that's all they ever mm. want to talk about. Yeah, um, is getting it right. 
So getting it done on time sort of takes a secondary. Um, I mean, we've yeah we've adapted our processes to make sure that people understand that certain decisions and changes and issues will affect the time frame of the project. Mm. Um, but yeah, when, when you know when you say that word architectural, you go into these projects on the understanding that pretty much anything you need to source for that project, except for you know items that you buy from your um your your main timber suppliers, is a twelve week lead time. Right. So your so flooring, your tiles, your tapware, your carpet. So c- can we infer that your tip for finishing architectural builds on time is to plan ahead and look at your lead times? 100%. Next question. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, base everything off a, a minimum 12-week lead time. Okay. Plus COVID-19 associated issues. Okay. Peter and, don't well. buy, and don't buy anything from Italy. You Pe- can avoid it. <laughs> Peter Wells, a cabinet maker, asks, if a trade or supplier wanted to work with a builder, but the builder already has a trade or supplier that they're happy with, how could that trade go about securing securing that work? Pretty much how to get in with a builder who already has a reliable supplier. Um, Well, first of all, you've got to make contact and and, let that builder know what type of work you do. and identify with that builder similar works that they've done in the past mm-hmm. that's similar to the typology of work that that builder that you're trying to get engaged with does. Yep. Um, but I think yeah, one of the transitional shifts that we've done over the last uh, four or five years is to have a bit more spread on trades. So you're, you've, you know, you've, got, you've got options because, you know, Talk about time frames and things moving and um, things pushing out into the time frame. Um, you know, the cabinet maker that you had lined up for that project, you may have a delay on site for two months for a numerous number of reasons. Mm. And then you, you're, pro, you know, the start of the job you've identified, for example, you want plot to do your joinery. Mm. There's a delay of two months. And now that doesn't fit into plot schedule. The work that you previously organised to do, yeah, she needs you to be able to, you know, the, what's the word of twenty twenty for businesses? You got to pivot. You got to pivot and have another plot ready to go. Yeah. So, um, so I guess so. What you've identified is uh, it's a that you've made a business decision to not rely on any one, two, three trades. However, so not just to make sure that you have. A contingency plan yeah. in the form of d- other. doesn't matter what happens, the job still needs to roll on. Does that make sense? So, like, how does that help Peter? How does that help Peter get? Well, in I think just he needs to, to to be just keep on keep on like keep on trying, like keep on putting yourself out there. Um, I know with us, we definitely invite new trades to, you know, basically they might ring or mm. or something like that. But us, you know, send us an email, tell us what you do. What you're about, what sort of projects you worked before, what 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 sort of projects you worked on before, what scale, um, you know, if you're a metal fabricator, can you can you do stainless, can you do aluminium, or are you just st- structural? Like we want to know these things so that we can um, so we can we can put you in our database, so to speak, so that yeah. you know if an opportunity comes up, we can find you, and we we know that you're a, you're a steel fabricator that can do stainless steel work, aluminium work. Um, they can do all these other, you know, um, all these other um, components of their business that they can undertake. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, but like yeah. I think, I think for, I'm not, am I really answering the question? Probably you're, not. But what I'm saying is yeah. you need to, you need to give, give that person the confidence mm. um, that they should, they should approach you when the time comes to look for a new cabinet maker. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, keep on, it's almost like real estate. Just keep on touching base, building social proof. Huh? Don't worry. Like you know how like you know like a real estate agent always like they you know they ring up and they touch base with you to see how you're going and things like that. Doesn't it make you never want to talk to them? No, ever but again? like you know like you do it in a way that's yeah yeah. But yeah, just mm. just keep keep that contact going, and you know if and you know like like anything, you need to be ready for the opportunity. So if you know. 
Imperial Builders emails you and invites you to a tender, tender it. Like that's the best way to mm. that's the best way to get, you know, your foot in the door, so to speak, is to provide, you know, ten, tender that project that you've been invited to. Um because you never know where that, that lead may come. Yeah. I think what I'll say on that is the world is abundant. Yeah. I mean, you did that with us. Why chase a builder who doesn't want to give you work? The world is abundant. Mm. Yep. I mean, that's probably potentially a downfall of the industry in the last 10 years is that there is, there is a lot of work out there, so it hasn't been too difficult to find it. Yeah. Um, no, you do make a good point. Um, you You... You were for me. It was surprising that how open you were to <laughs> using new tradespeople, um, and the fact that you that we got in touch, despite you. I'm sure it was very apparent to you that I was inexperienced and very fresh, very young. Um, well, I, I like I like the confidence that you were displaying, um, and you were you communicate you communicated. Yeah, you were, you. Were, you were open and communicated, so I, I, I knew what I was, what I was looking at pretty much straight away, which is yeah, which is which is good. Managing expectations, yeah. But then I, you know, obviously, a rich history in your family of doing what you do um, also gives someone like me confidence that you've, you know, that it's, you know, it's in, it's been in your DNA for a long time. Yeah. So. Is that getting too deep? No, we love deep. Um, some of these questions are stupid. Um, is is one from Daniel? There's no, there's no, there's, there isn't one from Daniel, but there is one from a lovely young lady called um, Danny Elthrapos. Danny Elthrapos. She's asked, "What's the best part about Shit. being a builder?" Um, two o'clock on a Friday. o'clock on a friday yep because the weekend's coming yep and all your problems are almost over for the week so the best part about being a builder is escaping <laughs> is, is the escapism two o'clock on a friday yep. nothing bad nothing bad ever happens after two o'clock on a friday nothing no. <laughs> um i've got another question here that's along okay, the lines okay jump me, me to tell you that jump me to tell you that um the uh, real story. It's just working with um, great like-minded people who have the same goal of achieving great things. That's the most bullshit generic <laughs> thing I've ever heard anyone say. Um, all right, let's. Now that you're a little no, bit it, more it, comfortable and okay. zipped up, it is. It is a highly rewarding industry. Okay. All right. Just because once it's built, it's built. Okay. Let's let's move on a little bit. You hey, I want to back over that. No, no, no. We're not. Next one. Yep. Okay. You is this a question from Charlie? Let's Lee? let's help let's help the tradespeople out there. You've told us. Uh, well, you haven't really told us much about how to get work with builders. How to? How well, do you? Well, how do you perform? What are some things that tradespeople should do? Well, I'll give you a tip. Don't use the yellow pages because the yellow pages are archaic and don't exist anymore. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, what are some things that tradespeople do that really piss you off? Where are you going? Um, uh, site cleanliness is just the most frustrating thing of all time. Site cleanliness. Yeah. Not cleaning up after themselves is... Amazingly frustrating. That's the tamest rant I've ever heard you say about trades. Just trying to keep calm. <laughs> Just trying to keep calm. Um, what about the ones that has it, um, it been within? Has it been within two meters of you? But it has to end up on the floor. Seems logical, doesn't it? Um, Tradespeople always complain about not getting paid on time. Yep. What's with that? What do you mean? Is it true? Why does it happen? What are your thoughts? It's it's um yeah it's pr probably one of the big the the most um 
interesting component of the whole <laughs> building process. Just trying to get everyone on the same page um, and trying to get tradesmen to understand how the, like how a builder needs a payment system to work, essentially. Yeah. So the tradespeople need to understand that the that the builder is under immense cash flow risk. No, under cash flow, or they have certain cash flow. Oh, that, there's a there's a system in place for which the builders get paid, and you know, most of the time that system is like the, the the mechanism to get paid in terms of the what the what the quantum is per month or whatever you want to call it. Work done. Huh? Work done. Work done. Pro, um, yeah. Um, progress complete is out of. We, we don't. We're not. We're not. It's being assessed by third parties, so we're not in contr- control of how much we're getting paid per month. Does that make sense? What about on a more macro level? Is that is that always what's happening? That builders, that tradespeople don't understand, or their expectations aren't being managed well enough about how builders' cash flows work? Is that is that why people don't get paid on time on a? Yeah, on you got to define what what paid on time is like, just per the terms. Um, but we have I mean a lot of our discussions are based on understanding what the terms mean yeah like 30 days in a month 30 days for mid-month 30 days 14 days you know there's all there's all it's all it's all an educational process um, as well to 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 make sure everyone understands what those what that terminology means because I think sometimes that that gets a little bit um, clouded and um, misunderstood Sometimes, yeah, but I think I think you know it's everyone's, it's in you know it's definitely in everyone's interest to get for the builder to pay as much as it's humanly possible on time. Um, but I think I think I mean I, I think a frustration potential of most builders is that the um, is the um, the emphasis is not that what I try and what I've been. Just, about just let it out. What, I, what I've been thinking about is what I, what frustrates me is that the um, in terms of payments is that the the two things that we both that the subcontractor and the builder want are the same. So the builder wants the service, the product, the labour, the material, the program, the work done, the work done, the clean up, you know, the rectification of defects, the coming back to fix issues. And the and the subcontractor wants to get paid on time, and those two things are equal. So what we, what the builder wants versus what the what the subcontractor wants in terms of payments, they're equal. So, um, you know, as an example, if a subcontractor says, "Yeah, mate, yeah, sorry, I forgot to put you into the diary. I can't get there for three weeks," even though you've you know done your due diligence and try and schedule them in, et cetera, et cetera. But if the builder then turns around and says, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to schedule your payment into the diary. I can't pay for three weeks. Oh, the L. Yeah, they're not treated the same. The money owed far outweighs an issue like that. But I th- I think they're I think they're very th- those two things are very very similar. So what so what you're talking about is, in the subcontractor community, people say builders don't pay on time. From a builder's perspective, uh, I think it's also fair to say that tradespeople give shit service. Well, I didn't say that specifically. But, but it's I'm equal. Saying, but I'm saying it is I, I th- it is an equal statement. I think it's I think the two need to be treated equally, and I don't think right. they are. That is what I'm saying. So quality of service, delivery of work, materials as as promised, yeah. is the same as is equal to getting Correct. paid. Yeah. Well, a builder's not making any money unless you're building. You're getting paid to build. If you're not building, you've got you're not you're not you're not generating. The project's not generating money. Yeah. That so. makes sense. Mm. You made an interesting comment about this space. So just a little bit of background for everyone. This is David's factory. This is a space. It's Imperial space. It's Imperial's uh, warehouse factory office. And this is uh, 
a space that I'm renting yep. from David the landlord, Imperial the landlord. Uh, and David was saying something about uh, how we were able to, de- to design this space and build it out however we wanted to. And um, I felt like he was trying to say it was almost liberating in a sense because you're not bound by an architect or something like this. Me? Yeah, I thought that's what you said, isn't it? Did I? Yeah, you said it's a beautiful thing. You know, we design it ourselves. It's a beautiful thing. Did I? I'm, I'm, yeah, I might have been. Did I say that? Well, I guess I I sort of resonated with it because um, you're building all the time what your client yeah. wants, what your architect wants. So it's, but it's also, cool. Yeah, you're exposed to a lot of different designs and designers, which all have their own idiosyncrasies. Mm. That's it's good. <laughs> you can do what you want here. Yeah. And you're a cabinet maker, so you can make cabinets. I'm bad at making cabinets. The people I work with are good. Should I be, should I be concerned? No. Yeah. Because I was very clear about... Those, you put those fronts on, didn't you? I screwed the carcasses in <laughs> and, put, and I leveled the kicker and put the carcasses in and put the fronts on. Yeah. But I'm not, I can't plumb. I can't, I'm not an electrician. I'm not a roof plumber. I'm not an excavator driver. You, you asked me if you should be worried. I know. I understand you. I can joking. do elements of plumbing. I can do probably do elements of electrical. I can drive. Ele- I can do basic excavation. <laughs> yeah, but no. So that's that doesn't mean anything, does it? You're managing the process. Yeah. So you, um, what you do is difficult. We're, yeah, we're coordinators. It's uh, stressful. building side of it is the easy bit the bricks and mortar of it is the easy bit what is it that's difficult the running of the running the whole thing the people just running the whole thing actual if it's just if if your issues in the day are the building related issues that's the easy bit it's the it's yeah it's the business side of it it's the it's the it's the um scheduling communication the follow-up yeah that's the that's the fundamentally that more challenging aspects of it so uh, builders are notorious for uh running out of money and going out of business why why is that why does it happen so frequently Uh, because it's quite easy to do (laughs) it's quite easy to get into well it's quite easy to run out of money oh why is that? Is it the low profit margins, uh, um, poor cash flow, the way the contracts are set up? All of the above. Not understanding what your budgets are, not understanding what your, your expenditure is on each element to your build. Um, not having not having any key understanding of what those what those figures are is the biggest issue because you can have a lot of money coming through your business per month. It's like, you know, how, how have you got that money and then how do you spend, how you how you then spending that money essentially and where is it going to? Um, and if that gets out of control, she's not good. It's not good. But I think, I mean, the biggest, I think the, I think the biggest risk in architectural building is carpentry, labour, as in, you know, the mainstays and, and the driving force behind each architectural project or project of this or the nature we're involved in is the, the carpentry labour. Um, As in that can blow out, that cost factor can blow out yeah, very easily. It's very expensive. And they're, and, they're, and carpenters do a lot more than just carpentry yep. on the build. So, and they're, so they're utilised fairly extensively and they're, they're almost from day one of the project to the, final seconds of the project carpenters are involved so so carpenters billing 60 70 dollars an hour for their time is what really adds up so that so you think that is a really important cost component that people should look out for 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. do you think if you think it's going to take x amount of time i can almost guarantee it's double that do you employ carpenters Is that very important for the type of work you do? 
Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And 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 mistakes, key mistakes can be made um, in its infancy from bad carpentry work. Yeah. It's a follow-on effect that will you know will cripple the project. Yeah. If it's not if it's not if it's not found out at an early stage. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who want to get into building. There's a lot of people who want to get into architectural building. Is that fair to say? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. What would you say to those people? Uh, it's a personality check before you do anything. If you, if you can't handle losing money, if you can't handle then making money, you can't handle working long hours if you can't be if you don't think you can handle um stressful decision making um at you know coming at you from different angles at different times um if you if you, if you don't and if you're not a good people person um yeah you'll struggle i, I think um yeah it's challenging you need to but you need to have a you need to have a really um, level-headed, um, sort of confident but calm personality to be able to deal with it. Otherwise, it, you just you would go insane. So you you just need to be like you. Um, well, I don't think I'll get rattled too often. Yeah. Because um, whatever it is, it's always it's a, it, they're problems that can be genuinely solved. It's all about diagnosing what the problem is as quick as you can, yeah, and and acting on the issue, um, or problem, or whatever it is, yeah, as quick as you can. But you can't. You're not, you're not going to do that if you're, you know, um, if you're not if you're not level headed, yeah, because um, you'll yeah you'll probably end up making the second decision that you make. It would not be the wrong one as well, yeah. So it's a day of constant of constant decisions, picking the right ones. Yep. So where What's next for Imperial um, We're moving into sort of the well, we've, we've been doing it for a while But moving to the I suppose architectural Smaller to medium multi-residential space mm. um, um, As well as still doing You know your new houses And um, renovations But having a bit more spread On typology of builds so we've got some interesting projects on at the moment, which is yeah, which is exciting. The multi-res architectural is that for bigger contracts or more scalability or easier to build? Or well, they're generally less emotive because you're dealing with um, with small player um, or medium player um, developers and things like that. Um, so it's more of a more of a business transaction rather than the emotional. Um, element of someone's home, yeah. Um, but there's still there's still some there's some um, cool designs out there that are coming through. Um, so they're still interesting builds. They're not cookie cut, um, you know, cookie cut cookie cut projects. Yep. They're, yeah, they're still still got that architectural edge, and you know, you're sort of bringing in skills that you learn doing the you know single residence. Single dwelling renovations, working for a multitude of architects, and you're just yeah. bringing, bringing in some of those skills um, into the multi-res sort of space as well. But also to you know utilizing your um, I suppose um, knowledge of pro you know, different products and materials to then you know add value when you're trying to value manage the projects down from a budget point of view. You've got good experience of trying to provide high end architectural outcomes at a lower cost from your previous ex previous experiences on other projects and knowledge of other products that are on the market so yeah so taking on from what you've learned doing yeah and, and changing and changing building processes slightly to make them more efficient um yeah cool cool <laughs> um i asked you a question yesterday uh you've got a good memory Short-term memory. 
I've got a terrible memory. Do you? Maybe I didn't ask you the question. Um, uh, you, I might be wrong, seemed perhaps a little stressed about something. Perhaps. Me yesterday. Perhaps. <laughs> potentially. P- potentially. But I probably was smiling for five seconds later, was I? Allegedly, of yep. course. Um, and I said, well, why don't you just build 24 townhouses in Ringwood instead? Yep. I love Ringwood. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Where is Ringwood? <laughs> <laughs> It's around Mount Waverley, yeah. best suburb in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so that means that you like architectural work? You like the fancy that's a, stuff? That's all I know. Oh. Yeah. From but Brighton to St. Kevin's the architectural <laughs> building. <laughs> that's all I know. So. That's it. That's all, I, yeah. And I think it, you know, that the, um, the subcontractor network that you built up to do these works would be different if you had to if you went if it's you went down that path. Totally different market. Yeah. Right. So was there anything else that you wanted to talk about to the people? When are you gonna put the um when's your um joinery desk or your joinery top? Ah, oh, that's a great uh <laughs> reminder. Right. Because I like, did not help carry in um mark one of it. Yeah. Well, you know, it was Mark One. It's a it's a work in it's progress. A it's a prototype. Yeah, it's architectural, baby. Yep. Um, so originally, we were going to start this podcast once this space was ready, fitted out. We've got a steel desk coming, steel floating shelves, steel top, a few little things. Uh, they all came, but they weren't quite ready, so we need to make a few revisions to that. The boys at Healy uh, Metalworking are working hard on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was a wonderful blessing in disguise an opportunity uh for us to start this podcast in this environment the pos- the podcast is called site to studio from construction site to studio so i thought it was pretty poetic that we started the podcast on a construction site and in a week right. or two or two episodes time it turns into a studio well, it's definitely bright lights and good times in here is it too bright it's bright is it too white is the, is the color temperature too white? Can't you, can't you change it on your phone or something? Yeah, but my phone's there recording. That's a problem. Okay, we'll, we'll adjust it next time. It's the first, it's the first episode. Yeah, that's no, good. Good space. I think it's. You know, you're obviously. All I've heard about is this podcast for the last. <laughs> know, six months. Six months. What did I say? Um, what did I say when you asked me? I like to fly under <laughs> the radar. <laughs> and here I am. How did I get talked into this? Because I said we're going to win you $4 million projects on this thing. <laughs> and you said you didn't have any, anyone else to talk to? And I, and, and I thought... You didn't have anyone else to talk to, did you? I didn't. I, th- I thought... And, and a I podcast th- has to involve two people. No. I just thought it was a bit wanky if I did it myself. Like I'm I'm a, essentially a kid to start out in the industry who wants to make a show. Like it's, yeah, but I just thought it was yeah, a little bit like... But it's in your DNA though. Don't forget that northern Chinese blood. No. The cabinet making's in your DNA. Where do people When fall? was the last... When was the, can you remember the first time you saw a, an edge bander? Um, Industry talk. No, my, my dad didn't start the cabinet making business until eight, nine years ago. Okay. So it was stone. So my When was the first time you saw a... A big... A piece of Caesar a stone. saw cutting a massive block of stone yeah. in northern China in my city I was born in. Those those big big I think they're called bridges. I don't know the ones that cut the big blocks that you get out of the quarry. Yep, I remember that. How old were you? Four, three. Yeah. Did it feel good when you saw it? It was just the usual. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. Um, yeah, stone stone was big in my childhood. Right. Just like. I'm sure Boris yep. showed you many things. Y- yes. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. He does things a different way than me. Yeah, David's David's father, Boris. One of the first things he told me when he when I met him the other weekend was how he got a steel beam from David's site <laughs> three years ago. David said, Throw it out. We don't need it. Throw it out. I and he picks it he picks it that. out of the trailer and he stores it. Three years later, David asks him for a steel beam and he whips it out. I think that is factually incorrect. Boris doesn't lie. 
I think that is factually your father. correct. David, where do people find you, follow you, get in touch with you? Um, obviously got a website. So just Google Imperial Builders. 2020, baby. What's your Instagram? At Imperial Builders. Can they um, message you? Absolutely. Absolutely, they can. Um, I, th- I think Instagram's been, it's like, it's a crazy phenomenon in our industry. Um, yeah, every, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Is everyone doing it well? Oh, I think it's, it's um, <laughs> well, it's a, you know, from a builder, it's a good insight to say, like, it's a good insight to see what you do. So if, you know, if I see plot joinery mm. and I see, you know, the typology of work, the type of work, the scale work, that's that's a pretty um, it's pretty int- pretty intimate sort of understanding of what you're doing. Yeah. As per what fifteen years ago, if you were plot joinery in the yellow pages. Yeah. What do I know? Apart from a name and a phone number, not much. The logo's yellow. Yeah. So if you want to get in touch with David because you have a four million dollar or more <laughs> <laughs> contract that you need to find a builder for, uh, definitely let him know that you found him through this podcast. If it's less is than, va- is there a plot voucher for people that do that? If if it's less than, do you get a fifty dollar plot voucher? You get a five thousand dollar plot voucher. Really? If it's less than four million dollars, don't bother telling him. I don't get my year's free rent if the contract <laughs> is less than four million dollars. Charlie, come In- on. Including GST. Did we sign something like that, did we? Yes. Right. $4 million or more, get in touch with David. Sales from Charlie. Oh, that's not... No. Two to f- two to five. Well, I don't have a vested interest. Huh? I don't have a vested interest Why? in that. I don't get the free rent. You got an opportunity to the joinery. Ah. Okay, tell him it was from me. Thank you, guys. We're going to wrap it up. Can I go, can I go do some work now? <laughs> Friday night's your time. Yeah, it is. Enjoy it. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Bye. Peace.